Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Some Bay Area businesses will not be affected by the statewide indoor mask mandate that starts today. San Francisco's Public Health Department says masks will continue to be optional in gyms and offices. State health officials clarified that counties like San Francisco that have kept indoor mask rules in place since August will be able to keep their existing rules. That means that masks will remain optional in some settings where there's a stable group with everyone fully vaccinated and quote when the necessary safety measures have been met. Contra Costa and Marin counties have also confirmed to the San Francisco Chronicle that they've received exemptions from the state. In Contra Costa that means that masking will be optional in offices and gyms that require proof of full vaccination to enter. In Marin masks will be recommended but not required in certain indoor spaces. It's unclear if this will also affect other counties in the state. Turning to education, Alberto Carvalho is officially the new superintendent of the Los Angeles Unified School District, the second largest school district in the country. Carvalho was a superintendent of Florida's Miami-Dade schools, a position he held for 14 years. The L.A. School Board finalized his employment contract yesterday, including his $440,000 base salary. During an official introduction, Carvalho said he would continue to take a strong stance on vaccinations and co- COVID protocols. We will not be deterred by personal pressures or political ambitions that would dethrone that. This is a board that has taken the courageous position of elevating the health and well-being as its highest priority. But yesterday, the L.A. school board moved to delay the enforcement of its district-wide vaccine mandate from this coming January 10th to the fall of 2022. Carvalho addressed that before the vote. I think the conditions that the board is facing today and the policy adjustments are not, in my opinion, a reversal of decisions made. They are simply providing greater amplitude as far as time for compliance, recognizing the challenges faced in this community. There's no word yet on when Carvalho will actually begin his new job. While his contract starts in March of 2022, he could be on the job earlier. There's been a lot of talk and analysis about how so many people are fleeing the Golden State to find greener pastures somewhere else. But a new report shows that since the start of the pandemic, there hasn't been a huge exodus out of California. However, fewer people have moved here. KQED's Holly J. McDeed reports. The research was done by the California Policy Lab, where Natalie Holmes is a research fellow. She's one of the report's authors and a PhD student at UC Berkeley. 
I live in the Bay Area and, you know, everyone knew someone or talked about someone who was moving elsewhere. But the new research shows the number of people leaving California to other states increased by just 12% since the start of the pandemic. That's not so different from years prior. What's different about the pandemic period is that, you know, again, while those exits kind of continue to tick up, it's not so dramatically different than what that rate of increase was before the pandemic. Entrances, though, really went down substantially. In fact, the number of people moving to California dropped by nearly 40% during that time. Evan White is a co-author of the report and the executive director of the California Policy Lab at UC Berkeley. There's really not so much a a change in Cal exodus as there is a change in, in Cal entrances. He says every county in California has seen a drop in people moving in from other states since the pandemic began, and population matters. For instance, California lost one of its house seats for the first time in its history this year after the 2020 census found the state's population growth slowing. It's also a matter of how many federal dollars come into the state that's based on population. On the other hand, population loss isn't necessarily bad for all purposes. So if we're worried about housing costs, for example, people uh, leaving some of the urban areas where housing costs are very high would potentially cause housing costs to go down. White says the report shows what's happening, but not why. He says that's a question for future research. For the California Report, I'm Holly J. McDeed. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. After waiting five months, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti finally received a hearing before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee on his nomination to serve as U.S. Ambassador to India. Garcetti answered only a handful of questions during the meeting, which was lightly attended by committee members. As expected, the mayor was asked about his response to sexual harassment allegations made against a former aide, Rick Jacobs. I want to say unequivocally that I never witnessed nor was it brought to my attention, the behavior that's been alleged. And I also want to assure you, if it had been, I would have immediately taken action to stop that. 
Garcetti said that as ambassador, he would focus on the rights of women in India, and he described the country as a nation that is vital to the future of American security and prosperity. The Senate panel adjourned without a vote on Garcetti's nomination, which will come out at an unspecified later date. As we've reported, during the pandemic, California's Employment Development Department, or EDD, has been plagued with problems that have left hundreds of thousands of unemployed people furious. Now, as KQED politics editor Scott Schaefer explains, Modesto Congressman Josh Harder wants legislation to hold the EDD accountable. Long before the pandemic, the EDD had been criticized for its outdated computer system and overall inefficiency. But last year's economic crash laid bare the agency's complete incompetence. Unable to answer calls or process claims, it temporarily waived eligibility requirements, resulting in billions of dollars of fraudulent claims being paid. Now Modesto Congressman Josh Harder is proposing legislation to withhold federal money for salaries and administrative costs until the EDD cleans up its act, eliminates the backlog, and pays legitimate claims. The bill is only an idea and has a long way to go before it reaches the president's desk. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. When it comes to solar energy, California is a titan, the largest solar market in the country. But the California Public Utilities Commission, the state's energy regulator, is contemplating changes to the relationship between rooftop solar owners and utility companies. Critics say the changes could be disastrous for the solar industry's future in the state. Eric Anderson of KPBS in San Diego has more. Ricardo Castillo pushes open the door to a long, narrow front yard. City Heights Courtyard Cottage. Castillo bought this house in the late 1990s when he was still in the Navy. 61-year-old remembers how cheap electricity used to be. Bills were about $18 a month, $22 a month at the, at the highest. His electric bill climbed over the years, topping out at about $280 a month. That's why he added solar energy and a new air conditioning unit. Putting this thing in so quiet uses about that much energy, that much. Why? Because those beautiful gaseous ball hanging up there in the sky. This is one of more than 1.3 million rooftop solar systems installed in California over the past decade. Nearly 15 percent of the state's electricity production comes from rooftop solar. But the California Public Utilities Commission is proposing major changes, including slashing the cost of the electricity customers sell back to the grid and adding steep, fixed monthly fees. The CPUC's proposed rule changes fell largely in line with what utilities were asking for. Solar advocate Bernadette Del Chiaro says the proposal is a disaster for the 68,000 jobs tied to the state's thriving solar industry. We're going to lose jobs. We're going to lose small businesses. And consumers, you know, working and middle-class consumers are going to lose the ability uh, to add solar panels to their home. Delchiaro says this move will eliminate the financial incentive to add solar to homes and wreck the state's chances to meet its greenhouse gas emission goals. The largely utility-funded group Affordable Clean Energy for All is pleased with the proposal, saying it'll keep non-solar customers' electricity rates affordable because they won't have to subsidize customers who have the power-generating rooftop panels. The Utility Reform Network's Mark Tony is among those calling for a cut in the solar subsidy, which he says is about $3 billion a year. Future solar customers, let's bring the subsidy in alignment with the fact that costs of solar installation are dramatically less 
than they were once upon a time. Solar industry backers plan to lobby the commission and the governor in an effort to change the proposal. The CPUC has reviewed the solar issue for more than a year. The full commission will take a vote on the proposed changes at the end of January. For the California Report, I'm Eric Anderson in San Diego. And from solar power to solar exploration. For the first time, a spacecraft has touched the sun. Researchers from UC Berkeley and NASA announced new findings Tuesday. KQED science reporter Danielle Venton has the details. The Parker Solar Probe is gliding through the upper layers of the sun's atmosphere, or corona, and sending data back home. At the American Geophysical Union Conference in New Orleans, UC Berkeley's Stuart Bale shared new results. One of the most interesting things about flying so close to the sun is that we're seeing things now that, we, that we've never seen before, things that we actually couldn't have seen before from near Earth. Bale said we can now detect that one of the sources of the solar wind, which generates the aurora borealis and sometimes damages satellites, are convection cells. A deeper understanding of those swirling plasma and magnetic fields may help better predict space weather and its impacts here on Earth. For the California Report, I'm Danielle Venton. The 2028 Summer Olympic and Paralympic Games in Los Angeles might seem far off, but planning for the multi-billion dollar events are well underway. Recently, LA City Council approved a key agreement with Olympic organizers, laying out the city's responsibilities during the Games. They include boosting police, fire and sanitation services, and getting an insurance policy that covers things like natural disasters and terrorism. And when it comes to what kind of competition will play out in LA, the International Olympics Committee has released a preliminary list of endorsed sports. Some traditional Olympic sports were missing, while newer additions like surfing will return. With more on that, here's KCRW's Megan Jamerson. Skateboarding and sports climbing also made their debut, alongside surfing at the Tokyo Games this past summer. All three are slated for the 2028 Olympics. Officials say these sports were hugely popular with younger viewers, and their return shows a commitment to innovation and recognizes the deep roots these sports have in L.A. Missing from the list of 28 sports are boxing, weightlifting, and the modern pentathlon. These sports have just over a year to prove to the International Olympic Committee that they've made certain changes. Weightlifting will have to show its doping problem is under control, IOC officials said, while boxing needs to be more transparent about its funding. And modern pentathlon needs to replace its horse riding event. This comes in response to widespread criticism after a German coach hit a horse that refused to jump a fence at the Tokyo Games. For the California Report, I'm Megan Jamerson in Los Angeles. The IOC will take a first vote next February on sports that will be featured in the LA Games, but the final list of approved competitions will come sometime in 2023. And staying on sports, here's what happened at Madison Square Garden in New York last night. Here's Curry for the record. It's good! There it is! That was the call from Brian Anderson on TNT. Golden State Warriors star Steph Curry set a new NBA record for three-pointers made, 2,974. Curry talked about the special moment after the game. And it was just exactly what the commercial said. I thought about nothing. I just let it go. And then after that, the emotion started kicking in. Yeah, it was a pretty it was a pretty special moment. Like, I shot it. I backtracked. I saw my pops over on the side. 
Saw my teammates going crazy. Felt the whole buzz of the whole arena. Ray Allen, the former record holder, was at the game and congratulated Curry on his achievement. And that is the California Report for Wednesday, December 15th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk tomorrow. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors, like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. And the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 